This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And for some women with breast cancer, a mastectomy can be a life-saving procedure. And yet, it can also have a big impact on the woman's self-esteem and body image. And that's where breast reconstruction surgery comes in. So in conjunction with Pink October, we want to find out more about what this whole process looks like from end to end to shed more light on this from the perspective of both a surgeon and a patient as well. So joining me on today's show are consultants breast surgeon Dr. Tay Mei Zee from Subang Jaya Medical Centre and breast cancer survivor Madam Wong Man Wan um, on the show today. Thank you both so much for joining me. Thank you, Suen. Good Thank to be you here. Too. Yes. Thank you, Suen. It's my pleasure to have you on now. Um, for our listeners out there, if you have any questions you'd like to ask or perhaps stories you want to share, you can call us at double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp our U mobile number at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine or tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, I'm pro- I'm going to go through our discussion today in stages, and we'll start with um the 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 need for a mastectomy. And I'll turn to you first, Doctor Tay. Could you explain? what is a mastectomy and what happens during that surgery? Okay, mastectomy basically means surgery to remove the entire breast. So a patient can be diagnosed with all various kinds of diseases, not necessarily cancer, Mm. but most of the time it's done for cancer. So basically it's removal of the entire breast. Mm. Um, I understand that there are different types as well as in different, different degrees of removal that could happen. Yeah, when we talk about mastectomy, there are various types of mastectomy. The general ones that we hear of are the standard types, which means you remove the entire breast Mm -hmm. along with the skin and the nipple areola complex. Mm. So that is what we call a standard modified radical mastectomy. So there are other types like a nipple sparing mastectomy, whereby the breast is removed entirely, including but we preserve the skin and the nipple areola complex. And there are another type of a mastectomy called skin sparing mastectomy, whereby the entire breast is also removed, but we keep the skin preserving and remove the nipple areola complex. Mm. And I understand that there's something related to this, which is a lumpectomy as well. How is that different? Okay, lumpectomy means a partial removal of the breast tissue. Mm. Sometimes you may hear uh, patients going for lumpectomy for breast cancer, and Mm -hmm. this means it's a breast-conserving surgery. The tumour is removed with a margin of normal breast tissue. Mm. Um, turning to you, Madam Wong, I understand that you had a lumpectomy after you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, could I get you to share with us what, what has that journey of you getting diagnosed to the point of finding out you needed surgery? Uh, yes. Um, on, on my birthday, my son insisted that I go for my regular checkup. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, actually, I was hesitant because... I felt that um, I needed to rest more. Be- preceding six months preceding that, I went through a very exhausting, physically exhausting and emotionally exhausting period. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, let me get myself better before I go for my medical checkup. But my son said, no, you go today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes... I can be pretty stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went. Uh, then when the ultrasound was done, the lady said, the doctor said, oh, there's something suspicious looking lump here. Mm-hmm. I think you going to get a biopsy ASAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, I was not, I was actually 
not amazed by the news because I know I've been been very very tired the past six months mm. and this kind of diagnosis I mean I suspect it my body would suffer the consequences that's why I wanted to wait mm. anyway I went uh, for the biopsy I know I didn't I went for a consult a consult consult at a hospital and but the hospital couldn't give me the biopsy within the next five days. Mm. And my daughter said, Mama, Ma, just can't do. So she scouted around and and we found uh, SJMC uh, where it really satisfied our requirements. So I went and I was very happy with it. Okay? The, the doctor said the lump is malignant. Okay? And I needed it. I have to remove it, which I did. Okay, I did. And it was all done. Within 20 days from the time uh, the lung was discovered until my surgery, it was all done within 20 days. It was amazing. Mm. Yes, mm. yeah. I imagine that must... I mean, that like you say, right, that was quite a difficult um, thing for you to go through because you went in for a regular checkup and then you came out, you know, finding mm. out that you had something suspicious. Mm. What, what, I guess emotionally, what was that process like? You, How did your family also support you during that time? Actually, frankly, my family suffered more than I do emotionally <laughs> because I have been a meditator for the past few decades. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I expect sickness and death to come unannounced mm. okay if I'm faced with any major uh, I would say uh, news which is negative I'm all prepared for it but my family members are not so my daughter in Singapore and my daughter in Klang and my sisters in Sagamat and my sisters here they were all in shock mm. except mm. me so uh, I, I, I took one day at a time, mm. one day at a time. But I would say uh, from the beginning to the end, okay, I'm very happy with my progress. Mm. Yes. When you heard that you needed to undergo surgery, was mm. there anything specific about the procedure that you were worried about, Madam Wong? Um, not really. Mm. Because to me, at this stage, a body is just a body, okay? Uh, I know I sounded different from other ladies, okay? Uh, the, most ladies will be worried about their looks, mm. okay? For me, I'm very pragmatic about it. Uh, I've come to this situation, this is what is needed to be taken. Well, go ahead. Make the best of what what the situation, situation demands. Mm. Yes. In fact, I have a friend... She's also a fellow meditator. She's now in stage four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just visited her two weeks ago. And she was still in bright spirits. Uh, and she says, oh, after so many months, I just took my first painkiller. Mm. See, she's, she can take her disease emotionally so I mean, mm. it's, it's different from person to person, isn't it? Yes. So I said, why can't I be that? I would like to be that too. I mm. say, I want to, sh- to not to be attached so much to my looks. Mm. 
-hmm. of all you will die one day right mm -hmm. Yes, Doctor Tay. But what concerns do you usually get from patients? You know, because I, it's it's not easy to tell a woman that you need to remove her part of her breast or her entire breast. Um, what do they talk to you about? Usually, when patient get diagnosed with breast cancer, it is not easy. Mm. The first step, the most difficult step, is acceptance. You have to accept the disease before you can actually make a decision to 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 act on it. So I think Madam Wong, she she, she the the she is a very um uh very pragmatic person, and the important thing that she actually mentioned was taking things one step at a time. So do not worry about the entire process. So make one decision, take 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 one step at a time, get your diagnosis correct, and then seek the correct management, and do not take too long to. Uh, make that decision because time matters for breast cancer. Mm. In uh, as we were talking about the different types of mastectomies earlier, Doctor Tay, how do you decide which type a patient needs? You know whether in in they need a lumpectomy, as in the case of Madam Wong, or they need something a bit more. Um, they they need the the full standard mastectomy. What what factors do you consider? One most important is the disease factor. Mm -hmm. Disease that is diagnosed early and only in one location, then you can go for a lumpectomy. Mm. Disease that is diagnosed late, very large disease, very locally advanced, what we call, or multiple areas of the breast. Mm -hmm. So those are not suitable for lumpectomy. So because lumpectomy requires radiotherapy after surgery or during surgery. Mm. So it's we, not just on its own. Yes. Then be, be, if you have lumpectomy without radiotherapy during or after surgery, the risk of local recurrence is too high compared to mastectomy. But if you have both lumpectomy and radiotherapy, the risk of local recurrence is almost similar as mastectomy. So you do not need to remove the entire breast. But as to when you want to, uh, patients who are suitable for mastectomy or which type of mastectomy should a patient undergo, mm -hmm. it depends on the desire of the patient. Mm -hmm. One is whether they want reconstruction or not. If they want reconstruction, then the options are whether you want to keep the skin or whether the, you, need, you can keep both the skin and the nipple or not. Depends on where the disease is. Mm, all right. Um, we'll talk about breast reconstruction in a bit, but I also want to briefly touch on preventive mastectomy because that's been something that has um, that that people have been talking a lot about in recent years. Partly because of um, the role that um, actress and Angelina Jolie played, because she was very open about the fact that she had a preventative um, double mastectomy because of a family history of breast cancer. Um, you mentioned earlier that not necessarily a mastectomy is only done when someone has been diagnosed, right? So when would a preventative one be recommended? Okay, Angelina Jolie played a pivotal role in, um, in, in highlighting the importance of preventive uh, treatment or preventive measurement mm -hmm. uh, to prevent or reduce the risk of breast cancer. When we talk about preventive mastectomy, in other words, some people would say uh, would call it prophylactic mastectomy in, mm -hmm. in the medical terms. Mm -hmm. So these are done uh, before being diagnosed breast cancer and commonly done for those who have uh, who carry a mutated uh, hereditary breast cancer gene mm -hmm. such as the BRCA1 or BRCA2 and some various other genes the reason why uh, these patients are recommended for a mastectomy is because they have more than 30 fold chances of getting a breast cancer mm. 
Therefore, these are the steps that are actively taken. That's a huge difference yes. in terms of their risk, isn't it? Right. Mm. We'll go for a quick break now and continue this discussion. When we come back on the show with me today are Dr. Teme Z, consultant breast surgeon from Subang Jaya Medical Center and Madam Wong Manwan, breast cancer survivor. We are talking about mastectomies and also breast reconstruction. So we'll be right back after a quick break. Keep it here on Health & Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And on the show with me today are Dr. Tae Z, consultant breast surgeon from Subang Jaya Medical Center and Madam Wong Manwan, a breast cancer survivor. We are talking about the whole end-to-end process of um, getting breast surgery, in particularly mastectomies and lumpectomies, all the way to breast reconstruction. Um, just shedding more light on what this process looks like because it is, after all, Pink October. We're trying to raise awareness on breast cancer this month. If if you have any questions you'd like to ask, you have stories or anecdotes you'd like to share, you can call us at double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp our U mobile number at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine or tweet us at BFM Radio. Now we were talking about um, mastectomies before the break. Now moving on to breast reconstruction, um, you've alluded a, uh, a bit to it earlier, Doctor Tay. How do you and the patient decide whether or not to go ahead with a breast reconstruction? There are various types of breast reconstruction. Some are partial, some are total breast reconstruction. So whether the patient is suitable for breast reconstruction depends on the disease factor and also the patient's factor. Mm -hmm. Whether the patient is fit enough for a longer surgery or whether the body, uh, the desire, they, whether they want a breast reconstruction, not everybody wants a breast reconstruction, and whether they can afford a breast reconstruction. Mm. Another option is whether there is expertise around the patient who could actually perform the breast reconstruction. Mm. Um, if we talk about choice, I guess, how do you also counsel patients through that? Because they've just, this would be at a stage when they've just had a diagnosis of cancer, they would have found out they need to undergo a mastectomy, for example. What sort of discussions are you having with your patients? So in general, for all patients who needs a mastectomy, I would actually bring up the topic of reconstruction. Because reconstruction, uh, not only for aesthetic reasons, patients get a better um, uh, posture mm. and you do not get imbalance between the left side and the right side because in the long run, you may develop backache mm. if the posture is not correct. So that is one of the reasons why patients go for reconstruction. As to what type of surgery is suitable, again, we have to look at the disease and the patient's uh, body shape, the patient's uh, breast shape and also uh, what the patient wants. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, how much, what have you seen in terms of the impact that having a mastectomy could have on a, a woman's body image and, and self-esteem, right? especially for women who do still um, have, a, who do still tie how they look to their sense of being a woman? Okay, because uh, generally, if you, if you say a patient uh, who has gone for a mastectomy, one side of the breast is removed. There is a lot of uh, physical impact, social impact, psychological impact. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will have lack, uh, will lack self-esteem. The way they dress may, dif may be different after the surgery. Mm -hmm. But they do not have to suffer from such, uh, uh, such difference. Or they already have a disease. So with, with the correct treatment, correct management, uh, they could go back to their usual lifestyle. 
Mm, all right. Um, could you walk me through, Dr. Tay, what is involved in breast reconstruction surgery? I understand that there are different ways that it could be carried out as well. Okay, there, there are different types of breast reconstruction. We are talking about total breast reconstruction. Mm -hmm. Okay, some patients will, will be suitable for silicone implants. Mm -hmm. Implants that are the similar type, almost a similar type of implants that are used for breast augmentation for cosmetic reason. Um, some are not suitable for those as perhaps some patients who need radiotherapy after surgery may not be very ideal for breast silicone implants. Mm. And these are the patients who probably should be benefit would probably benefit from autologous flaps reconstruction, mm. meaning we take different we take the flap from different parts of the body mm. and transfer it to the breast so that you get a breast contour. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, Madam Wong, in your case, you had a lumpectomy, so breast reconstruction was not needed. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Um, I had IORT, uh, which is intraoperative radiotherapy. After my, uh, while I was in the uh, the 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 operating theater, uh, operating mm. theater. Okay, so after that, I had a scar, mm. a keloid scar, and other than that, the breast still look normal. Mm. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I, I mean, not that at my age, I'm going to show my breast around. But yeah, but, but for your own sake, right? You, you feel about, more yeah. complete as, yes, a, as a... Yes, yes, it feels more normal. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at least I can wear my bra. Mm. And then it feels normal. Mm. Yeah, mm. so... As long as you're happy with it. And what was your recovery process like? Oh, yes. I was advised at first, I, after the surgery, I was advised to exercise my right arm because it was on my right breast. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, stiffness may occur and there may be lymphedema. Lymphedema. Lymphedema, yes. The, what do you call that? There's an accumulation Swelling. of fluid, of mm -hmm. lymph fluid on the arm. So, I, I did my exercises faithfully. I was asked to do three times a day, but I was constantly... <laughs> I'm sure your doctor was very happy about that. Uh, no. You, yeah, yeah, I was constantly holding my... What do you call the dumbbells here and there, walking, talking, you know? So within a month, I got back all the strength on my arm. Mm, that's yes. wonderful to hear. Yes. Um, in the case of having... Breast reconstruction, um, Dr. Tay, when would that be carried out um, once a woman has had a mastectomy? Um, for the best cosmetic outcome, best psychological outcome, it is best to be carried out during the, the, the initial surgery. So the, right the after the mastectomy? Yep. So when the surgery uh, is done to remove the cancer mm -hmm. and the reconstruction should be done at that point of time. Mm. So you do not have a duration where there is a loss of breast. Mm. Does it impact outcomes in the woman if it's sort of done after? Um, after, cosmetically, because the skin will be less. Mm. So you may have a certain patch of a skin island that was taken from another part of the body. So it's more cosmetic than cosmetic, anything? Yes, and also um, emotionally, I would think that the, uh, 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 the lady would not need to suffer from a loss, uh, 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 a duration whereby there is uh, maybe a flat chest on one side. Mm. And in those cases, you know, say if they've had a mastectomy and then a breast reconstruction, what does that recovery process look like compared to someone like Madam Wong who only had a lumpectomy, right? Would they have to be a bit more careful, things like that? 
They, the the hospital because the surgery takes a longer duration. Mm-hmm. The recovery is slightly longer, but not too long. Maybe additional of one or two days. Mm. So the, essentially, they can go back to normal activities after. Yes. Mm. What um what about managing expectations after a breast reconstruction? You know, because do do patients expect both breasts to look the same um as before they've had the mastectomy? Naturally, no two breasts are the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after reconstruction, we have to uh, tell patients that you will not have exactly the same symmetrical breasts, mm-hmm. but we try to match it as equal as possible. Especially, it is most possible if skin and nipple are kept intact before. Mm. If, if, say, you need to go for mastectomy, and we could preserve the skin and nipple, at outwardly, it could still look quite similar. Mm. All right. Um, would it matter in terms of looks, the, the cosmetic outcomes, if it was um, a silicone implant versus the flap surgery that you were talking about? Yeah, silicone implants requires an implant that is put underneath the muscle or above the muscle. Mm-hmm. So you do not have additional incision or additional scar. Whereby if you have a flap procedure that was taken from another part of the, bre- uh, another part of the body, mm-hmm. so you will have additional scar and that scar needs to heal. Mm. So the scar is not just at the breast, but at wherever the part of the yes. body is. Where, where might that tissue come from? Okay, in Most commonly for breast reconstruction, we take the tissue from the back, uh, the, the back uh, we call it latissimus dorsi muscle, mm-hmm. or mm. the abdomen. Some people would have, uh, the scar would look like a tummy tuck surgery. Mm. Yeah. But it is uh, where the, the tissue is taken from. Mm. All right. Um. I understand that, um, you know, Dr. Tay, usually mastectomies and breast reconstructions are not done by the same surgeon. You would have a breast surgeon, someone like yourself, come in to do the mastectomy and then later on a reconstructive or plastic surgeon comes in. Why is that traditionally the case? One is because you need plastic surgery training and you do not have uh, a lot of this such expertise uh, because for me, I'm a breast oncoplastic surgeon, mm-hmm. whereby I was trained both for breast surgery and breast reconstruction. So um, the, the, the difference is because um, the expertise may not be available in, a, in every, every hospital. Mm. Could you elaborate a bit more about that sort of training, Dr. Tay, just to help our listeners understand a bit, right? What kind of additional training does that involve for someone like you who's, say, traditionally trained as a breast surgeon, right? What, what does that additional training look like? Okay, for, 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 for to, to be a breast surgeon, first, we have to be trained as a general surgeon. After training, finish completing uh, general surgery training, working as a general surgeon, and then get board certified as a general surgeon. Mm. Then we further our study or our training to be a breast surgeon. Uh, that would take additional three years, mm. at least three years. And then we have some exposure both in Malaysia and overseas uh, for oncoplastic works. Mm. How common is it for, for um, oncoplastic surgeons to be uh, in Malaysia? Sorry. Um, we do not have uh, very uh, many of them mm. uh, because of the training. Mm. It's a lot more training on top of what Correct. you've already done, right? Yes. Mm. Mm. Um, from a physical, from the medical perspective, you know, what difference does it make to have one doctor, for example, um, someone who has oncoplastic um, training to oversee that whole surgery from end to end, to oversee the entire process, right? Um, from the patient's perspective, what difference does it make for them? And also, what difference does it make for you as the doctor to be aware of the entire process? Okay. For patient, 
they may the the they may need to see less doctors mm. to them it may in over in overall you may have a cost uh, cost benefit you mm-hmm. may save uh, a, a sum of money because you are only managed by one uh, surgeon and uh, secondly um, patients do not need to uh, be be pay for two surgeons mm. okay. overall it may it may be it may be cost uh, saving mm. and for surgeon uh, i could plan the incision or the cut uh, the place uh, uh, to to actually accommodate my reconstruction mm. so that it becomes it makes it easier for me you yes you are aware of what you're going to do later Correct. on right yes mm-hmm. mm. all right um and you mentioned a bit about the cost now i understand dr Tay, that breast reconstruction surgery is not necessarily always covered by medical insurance is that right that is true unfortunately in malaysia uh, breast reconstruction a lot of companies or a lot of insurance company thinks that is purely to enhance beauty and mm-hmm. this is surely wrong Mm. Okay, because breast reconstruction is part of cancer treatment. Mm. Mm. Um, so from that perspective, then would having just one surgeon, for example, just a breast surgeon involved, would that sort of perhaps make it? Uh, would would that perhaps improve accessibility to insurance claims for breast cancer uh, for for breast reconstruction surgery because it's sort of parked um, under one continuous surgery, right? Possible. Mm. Not not too sure, mm. but uh, a lot of times when we apply for guarantee letters for surgeries, we would put it as per breast surgery mm. uh, for cancer and also reconstruction. Mm. I mean, that would, from the patient's perspective, that would be so helpful, isn't right, it? Right, right. From, from, from all perspectives, from the, the perspective of having the surgery done by one person, from having just the whole process being a bit smoother. Um, if... It, it is, you know, Pink October this month. Uh, what would your message be to our listeners out there about what they can do to be more aware about breast cancer in general? Because we, we seem to talk a lot about breast cancer awareness and yet we are still seeing numbers of people coming in being diagnosed with breast cancer both in late and early stages. Um, Dr. Tay, what would your message be? Generally, breast cancer risk is high. In our population, around 20 women, one will get breast cancer. And that is actually very high numbers. About 5% of the population will get breast cancer. So um, do not be afraid. Uh, go for screening. Um, do not take everything. Uh, do not be confused by so many different options. Mm. Breast cancer is curable and a very good prognosis if it's diagnosed early. Mm. So seek correct uh, correct treatment at, at, at an early time. Mm. Um, uh, if Before I turn to you, Madam Wong, I want to ask you a bit more. I, I missed out on this, Dr. Tay. With, when it comes to breast cancer surgery, right, how does that also fit into other um, options when it comes to treatment for breast cancer? Is it usually just surgery, for example, if they've had a mastectomy, or is it also done in, in together with other things like targeted therapy, um, chemo and radiotherapy? So, and you brought out a very important, uh, important uh, discussion because breast cancer is not only surgery. Mm. It entails uh, chemotherapy for some patients, Radiotherapy, like what Madam Wong had, mm-hmm. um, targeted therapy, hormonal therapy, immuno oncology, and a lot more treatment. 
these are very complex treatment. Some may need to go because breast cancer is divided into many types of breast cancer. If you have heard, they are hormonal positive cancers, mm -hmm. triple negative cancer, HER2 enriched cancer. All these different type of cancer entails different treatment. So these are very good complexities. We have very complex treatment and more and more advanced treatment because it offers very good survival outcome. Mm. Mm. Madam Wong, um, did you also have that? Ex you you spoke about um, your parents. Uh, sorry, your parents, your family members supporting you throughout this journey. What about peer support? Was that something that was um, part of your cancer journey? Yes, actually, um, you know, my children bid for. I didn't have any more uh, insurance mm -hmm. because I, when I was in Singapore during the COVID, you see, um, I missed out my insurance payments. So mm -hmm. by the time I came back, it was already uh, past what, uh, past my seventy years of age. Mm -hmm. So I could I could not renew anymore. So my children paid for part of it, and then. After the surgery, my sisters, um, especially my younger sister, she stays near here. So she looked after me. She cooked for me. And then friends came around with a lot of uh, nutritious food. Mm. Uh, and one lady brought a kampucha tea saying it would be good for my gut biome. Mm -hmm. And she made sourdough bread, lovely wow. sourdough bread. And then another lady brought soursop. You know, you know, you know you, it, she read it somewhere that soursop is good for cancer. Uh, then she brought soursop. She, she boiled soursop, drink from the leaves. And many friends came by. Mm. Yeah, those who, who knew. So I would say, actually, I was very blessed. Mm, they rallied like, around you. Yes. And then, you know, I have a sister who's 83 years old. She stays in Sagamat. Mm -hmm. She said, I want to look after you too. <laughs> so I traveled to Sagamat. I stayed there. She cooked fish soup for me. Wow. And then she she cooked porridge for me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I feel that... <laughs> At her age, right? Mm -hmm. I should be looking after her. <laughs> yeah. mm. I would say, after the surgery, friends and relatives, they have really been very supportive. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. What would your takeaway message be, Madam Wong, um, for people out there about breast cancer awareness? Yes, okay. You see, many of us shy away from taking mammograms mm -hmm. because long ago, the mammogram machine, right, um, was a different old style one. and mm. we still have this concept, concept that mammography is very very painful mm -hmm. okay so when I went for my mammogram as SJMC it was not painful at all and I was so surprised it was uh, I would say it, there's a slight pressure but other than that the side effect of it was negligible mm. so it's now made the, I would say the, the part that compresses the breast is made of plastic. Previously, yes. was it made of metal? Possible. Ah. Mm. This is a 3D mammogram that we are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's One the of advancement the latest. in technology. Yeah. Yes. You see, that's what made me fear. Fear mammogram. And I didn't want to go. Mm. Many of us have this misconception. Yes. Yep. yes. So, But now, with the new mammograph, uh, gram machine, I would advise ladies to go ahead 
first, okay, go for the ultrasound first. And then if there is something suspicious, go ahead and do your mammogram. Or else go straight for the mammogram. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, I would like to focus again on what Madam Wong has said. Mm. Mammogram is still the gold standard for breast cancer screening. Mm-hmm. So if you do, if you have family history with breast cancer, strong family history with breast cancer, start early. Screen at forty year old, mm-hmm. uh, and then do it one to two yearly until you are seventy four. If you do not have any breast disease or do not have strong family history of breast cancer, do it at fifty year old, and then do it two yearly until you are seventy four. Why um, 74, Dr. Tay? That is the general lifespan. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. That, that is for national screening. But mm-hmm. if you're still very fit, very well beyond that age, go mm. ahead and do a mammogram. Mm, it's That's just a guideline. Mammogram mm. does not... There are a lot of uh, myths that mammogram has a lot of radiation, but mm-hmm. this is actually not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the the benefits of it um, outweigh whatever fear, uh, potential um, fear. Uh, uh, potential harms. Uh, apologies for that. Um, just quickly before we wrap up, I think you've touched a bit on this, Dr. Tay, but maybe just to address what our listener is asking, which is more accurate, an ultrasound mammogram or MRI? Okay, for screening mammogram, if you are more than 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Why? It's because if the breast is, uh, when a patient is young, the breast is very dense. Mm-hmm. So if you do a mammogram, essentially it looks like an x-ray of the breast. So everything will be white. You may not get adequate information. So if you are less than 40 and you want to do an examination of the breast, do an ultrasound. Mm. MRI is only needed uh, for certain situation, um, but not as a screening, mm. uh, except if you carry mutated hereditary breast cancer gene. Okay. All right. Thank you both so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure too. I've yeah. been speaking to consultant breast surgeon Dr. Tay Meizi from Subang Jaya Medical Center and breast cancer survivor Madam Wong Man Wan. We've been talking about the whole end-to-end process from getting lumpectomies and mastectomies all the way to breast reconstruction and also touching a bit on breast cancer awareness today um, in conjunction with Pink October. I'm Lim Suan and this has been Health & Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.